Chapter 39 Midnight Riders Beth dialed Draper upon leaving Jack. He answered immediately. Did you get anything from your boyfriend, he asked. She cringed at the term boyfriend. No, nothing. He flatly denies having using any type of formula or mathematical algorithm to pick his investments, she said. Then how does he do it, Draper asked, annoyed. He just looks at a lot of research and goes with his gut, she replied. And you believe him. What if he's on to you? Draper pressed in disbelief. If he's on to me, then he could win an Oscar. I've been with this guy for almost a year, and he can't lie for shit. I doubt he's acquired that skill recently. Besides, he thinks they're going to kill me if he doesn't give up the code. Unfortunately, I'm starting to believe him. We know he's smart. Maybe he really doesn't have a method. He doesn't seem to know what I'm talking about, Beth said. So an idiot savant. Is that your theory? Please tell me that's not what you're implying, Draper said coldly. If it is, then you've wasted a year even getting close to him. She could tell that between Magnus going outside of the guardrails and Jack's algorithm nowhere to be found, Draper was losing patience with everyone. I have his hard drives from the office. Something is bound to show up on them. I have a few loose ends to tie up, she said. Then I'll sweat him for another 30 minutes. By then, he'll have either had some come-to-Jesus session or shit himself. I promise you, one way or the other, I'll get what we need, she said. I'm afraid either way, he can't leave that facility alive, Draper replied. My plan was to take him with us. We may just need a little bit more time, she said. I don't want to spend any more time. I don't want to hear his goddamn name anymore. I've had nervous board members on my ass, terrified that there's some computer program that can figure out the shit we're up to and put us all in jail. So no, no more time. I want him dead. I want it done now, Draper shouted. Beth hung up and shook her head with disgust. She walked back to Magnus's office for a quick scotch, thinking of Jack, Quan, Miss Banks, and how she should dispose of them. She had no problem with killing. Her moral compass didn't register a blip when it came to advancing her interest. But, however, it did make cleanup more complicated and could backfire at times. Chastity Banks and Quan needed to go. She knew that a long interrogation session with Miss Banks might prove interesting, but time was of the essence and was one thing she didn't have much of. However, killing Jack seemed desperate. Maybe I'm just not thinking straight because I'm too close, she said. Luke drove like a man possessed, driving beyond the rover's headlights, almost hitting a deer wandering too close to the roads. He overcooked two turns, barely able to bring the white whale of an SUV back on the pavement before he flipped it. The road got rougher, and potholes the size of toilet lids littered the road. You gotta slow down, Eamon finally shouted. You gonna fucking kill us. We gotta get there now, Luke said through a grimace. Well, we're not gonna be good to anybody if we get there dead, Eamon said. Luke could tell Eamon was about to lose it. He backed his foot off the accelerator and released the stranglehold on the steering wheel, reducing their speed to just plain fast. How close are we? Luke asked. Hmm, pretty damn close, Eamon replied, a little surprised himself. Only about five more miles. Luke slowed down and pulled over. Hey, 
Get those phones out we took from Richard Long's place, would you? I need to make those calls now. Eamon handed one of the phones to Luke and kept the other one. Forget this one, he said. Battery's toast. Only this one's working. Luke hoped to God that the guy who used it last had called his employer. He scrolled through the phone menu. It was a burner with a hundred menus and submenus that were only accessible from a couple of stupid multifunction buttons. He was ready to toss it out the window when he finally found the call log. There was only one number in the log. Either this guy didn't call anyone or receive any calls, or he was very good at deleting caller information, keeping his phone clean. Luke was impressed. There's only one number in here, he said to Eamon, frustrated. Well, give it a shot then. If it doesn't work, we'll have to go to plan B, Eamon replied. Luke dialed the number and waited. Beth sat in Magnus's chair with her feet propped up on his desk. She had a single malt scotch in hand and her gun on the desk. She figured she deserved a few minutes of quiet time before she disposed of Quan and Chastity and had another go at Jack. She looked at Magnus's lifeless body, still sprawled in the chair. Magnus, you stupid son of a bitch. You have no clue how you fucked up my weekend, she said as she gulped her scotch. As she put her glass down, she heard a slight buzzing sound. She sat up, scanning the room for the source of the noise. It was evident from the sound it was coming from Magnus. She strolled over to the chair that was still cradling his lifeless body and saw a light flashing in his front pocket. She reached down and pulled out his phone and stared at the number. She debated whether to answer it, but finally gave in. Magnus's phone, she answered pleasantly. Luke was taken aback. He knew that grating voice as well as any. Beth, you fucking bitch. I should have known it was you, Luke shouted as Eamon looked on wide-eyed. Luke, is that you? Great to hear from you. I'd love to see you. I'm about to kill that ginger-haired idiot that works for you. Then spend a little quality time with your brother. He should join the party, she said, taunting him. You know, for once, I may be able to make your day. Just so happens I'm driving around in the middle of fucking nowhere Canada near a pot farm on Lake Huron. I thought I would drop by. Oh, I hope it's not too short a notice, but I'll have about a hundred members of law enforcement with me. You got enough weed for all of us? Luke shot back. Beth's ears popped and her face turned bright red. She was positively fuming. How the hell did Luke track me so fast, she thought. Fuck you, she shouted and cut the connection. Eric popped his head in the door to check out the commotion. How close are you to finishing the explosives, she asked. I'm 75% there, he said. Another hour, we'll be good to go. We don't have another fucking hour, she lashed out. We need this done in 20 minutes. We're about to have visitors. I need you to take care of this now, Beth said. She cooled down and called Draper. Where are we with the chopper, she asked, skipping any formalities. It's almost there, he said. Another few minutes. Good. I don't know how he did it. But Luke is almost here. Or maybe he's here already. He says he's got law enforcement in tow, Beth said. Really? Draper asked. I don't think so. We've been monitoring traffic, police band radio and air traffic. There's no mobilization happening that we can tell. He knows we're here, she shouted. Draper was silent for a moment. That may be the case, but it doesn't look like he's told anyone. There's no cavalry on the way. 
I even made a few calls to our friends at DOJ. This little adventure hasn't shown up on anybody's radar. Richard Long probably told him how to find you. Just make sure that your security team is tight and you get going with your plan. There's nothing Luke Glasser is going to be able to do. Beth hung up and looked up to see Serena Green walking by Magnus's body, lifeless in the chair. Who the fuck are you? Beth asked, picking up her pistol. Whoa, Serena said, putting up her hands. I'm Serena Green. I used to work for, um, that guy there, she said, nodding toward Magnus. Looks like you're out of a job, Beth said, putting her gun back on her desk. Are you the new girl? The one from the Department of Agriculture, she said, pronouncing each word staccato fashion. Serena nodded, not quite sure what her new boss had planned. That's my day job, she said, then pivoted to the job at hand. Magnus told me to meet him back here after I secured Gomes, the uh, scientist. But if you're busy, I can leave you to it, she said, hoping to get the hell away from her. So, you were helping Magnus with his virus project, Beth asked, ignoring her question. Serena shrugged. Well, such as it was, I did what Magnus asked. He didn't share much intentionally, but a few things would leak out when he was trying to impress me. Otherwise, he kept what he and Gomes were doing between them. Well, until recently. All that aside, I heard the project didn't work anyway. Who told you that? Beth asked, a curious look on her face. Well, Jack Glasser, as a matter of fact. According to Magnus, we were just supposed to babysit him, Serena said. That was until Jack stumbled onto the plant virus project. Jack said it's some sort of mutant strain. Right out of a science fiction novel, Serena said. That's interesting. Magnus said that his scientist had it working, Beth said. I don't think Magnus was the best judge of talent, Serena replied. Huh, that's an understatement, Beth agreed. Does Magnus's lack of judgment extend to you as well, she asked. Serena tried to calm herself. She'd heard a lot about the woman staring her down, and none of it was good. I'd like to think that I'm the exception, but uh, if we can push pause on the interview phase, I'm sensing we don't have a lot of time, Serena said, grabbing her balls, deciding she'd have to make a play. Beth shouted to Eric as he walked by the office door again. Do you know this woman? She asked him. Eric popped in and nodded. Yeah, I know her. She's been working with Magnus. She knows what's what. She's some bent government agency worker. He looked at them both impatiently. Is that all? I, I gotta get going like you ask, he replied. Hold on, Beth interjected. Take her with you. You could use some more hands. She stared at Serena. Miss Green, consider this phase one of your interview with me. Help Eric do what he needs to do, and then we'll talk about your future. Beth turned to Eric. If she so much as looks as if she's gonna be a problem, you put the bitch down. Are we clear? Eric and Serena both nodded in unison and quickly left the room 